your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and leave a rating or interview as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, a couple of things to get to today. There was a little bit of a, an update on John Tavares and how he's feeling, so we'll talk a bit about that. Reports of a Maple Leafs outdoor game, so we will definitely chat about that. And then uh, probably spent a pretty good portion talking about how the Montreal Canadiens just got trolled so hard by the Carolina Hurricanes. Like, this is the most petty thing I have ever seen in my life, and I'm here for it because screw Montreal. Right? Like, this is just amazing. So I can't wait to talk a little bit about that. Um, And then if we have some time, I'll talk a little bit about the Canadian women's national team, who is undefeated currently at the Women's World Championships over in Calgary. So they're doing fantastic. So probably spend a couple of minutes talking about them. Um, But let's let's start off with the Maple Leafs news, as we usually like to do here. Uh, So John Tavares reportedly um, in good spirits and recovering well since that playoff scare when he took that knee to the head from uh, Corey Perry back in game one. We were not even not even 10 minutes into the game and lose our captain for the playoffs. It was kind of a pivotal point, I suppose, because, I mean, that was a, a massive loss, not only on the ice, but off the ice and when the team was kind of you know down on themselves after being up 3-1 and then being tied at 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 three going into a game seven I'm sure John Tavares would have been the kind of guy who could corral that team and get them over the hump but unfortunately not out there on the ice to to help his boys I'm sure he was certainly and I know he was because you know players told us that he was um you know talking to them and and doing zoom chats with all them so I know he was there in spirit um, and he was chatting with them, but not the same as on the ice. But apparently he's good. And, and uh, with training camp just about three weeks away, um, that's really good news. It sounds like he's going to be ready to go. And hopefully there's no you know lingering concussion issues. We know that you know in the past, uh, not with Tavares, but other you know athletes have had some scares, some scary concussions, and. You know, they, they kind of linger a little bit. You have some post-concussion syndrome, and sometimes it takes a while to get fully healthy. So hopefully Tavares um, doesn't ha- experience any of that, and, and he's fully healthy, good to go, and ready to help his team uh, get over this hump, get uh, <laughs> get get past the first round for the first time, and it'll be 18 years by that point. <laughs> so let's hope that it can get done. Um, also, a report out there from Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News says that the March 13th Leafs-Sabres game, um, it's a Buffalo home game in Buffalo, apparently those tickets were unavailable to Buffalonians or whoever wanted to buy them, I suppose. Unavailable on the website. So I think he dug in a little more, and then he said it sounds like the Leafs and Sabres are going to be doing a Heritage Outdoor Classic in Hamilton. Yes, that's right. In Hamilton, 
the battle of the QEW meets right in the middle, right in the middle in Hamilton. I think it's awesome. I believe they're calling it the Tim Hortons Heritage Classic. And uh, what's the stadium in Hamilton? Oh, Tim Hortons Field. It's perfect. It's it's It really is perfect. And I didn't realize this, but the Leafs are the final Canadian team to actually participate in one of these Heritage games. I didn't realize that they hadn't done that. They've done a couple outdoor games, some Centennial Classics, but this is the first Heritage game that they've been a part of. So that's pretty cool. The fact that, uh, um, you know, it's going to be the Tim Hortons Classic at Timmy's Field, the Battle of the QEW, meeting in the middle on equal footing. I'm sure there'll be some American, well, hopefully, you know, by then Americans can come up well yeah technically actually americans can come up here now so i think they're fine but hopefully the border issue because i know that there are still some issues at the border and people on strike and whatnot but hopefully we can get a packed barn i think i saw they can hold up to forty thousand people for special events like that so you can get forty thousand people you'll have tons of leaf fans obviously i mean you have hamilton which is surrounding the gta um and then you're gonna have a bunch of buffalo fans and you know, I know a lot of Buffalo fans, especially here in, in, in the Niagara region um, where I live and where I grew up, just because that was so much closer than Toronto. Like, going to a Sabres game, A, hell of a lot cheaper, so it was a lot easier to go to a Sabres game and cheer on the Sabres than it was for the Maple Leafs, and B, um, it's 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 actually closer, too, right? It was just a quick 25-minute drive over to, at the time, HSBC, and then it turned into I don't know, first Niagara maybe, and now it's Key Bank Center. Ah, they change the name of that place literally every other year. So <laughs> that's just what they do over in Buffalo. The naming rights are available to anyone who wants to bid. There's no long-term anything with that stuff. Even even the Bills field, like I remember it was Ralph, Ralph Wilson Stadium for the longest time, and I think they've had two or three name changes since, and that was in the last like six years. It's It's crazy. But anyways, uh, should be fun. You know, March thirteenth outdoor game, um, and it's gonna be uh, gonna be in in Hamilton. So hopefully, I'm gonna see if I can get tickets to that. That'd be pretty cool, I think. And hopefully, you guys can also get some tickets to that. But it'd be, I mean, it would be a lot better if if Eichel was around because you know you get Matthews versus Eichel, the battle of the QEW. But it's it's the two Americans going head to head in a massive battle. But I just don't think we're going to see it because i just still not sure if Eichel's hanging around. Because, um, well, actually, technically, I guess this is another little bit piece of news. But on Friday, maybe maybe Thursday, uh, I think it was either Thursday or Friday, either way, um, Jack Eichel switched agents. So we'll see what that means. But usually, if you're happy with things, you're not switching agents. So, and we know that he's not happy with things, and there's a lot of issues with his contract, with the way that they're dealing with his health, um, and he, he, he would like to be elsewhere. So, uh, he gets a new agent, and I assume that that will be fulfilled by, well, before this classic gets underway, I would assume, because then he's got a no trade that kicks in next year, too, which takes a little bit of, of bargaining power away from the Buffalo Sabres. So, they're going to want to try and get him... Uh, get him traded kind of before the end of the season. So that is the Maple Leafs news. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into this. This Carolina Hurricanes, Isperi Kotkaniemi, offer sheet extravaganza, all the trolling that went into it, whether or not I think it was a good idea, 
what I think Montreal should do and more. And that's coming up next here on the Locked on Lease podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this show. And just a reminder that we are going back to a daily episodes starting, uh, I think it's uh, September 20th, I want to say, which is about right around when preseason games start. Let me see. Yeah, so Monday, September 20th. Starting then, we are back to daily episodes. Uh, so the next three weeks, we'll be doing, you know, just a couple of times a week, just like we've been doing throughout the, the entire summer here. And then starting September 20th, back to daily Maple Leafs content. And by that point, training camps will be underway, and there'll be lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, Okay. But there's still stuff to talk about now, especially this offer sheet submitted by the Carolina Hurricanes to Yasperi Kakiniemi. So, um... (laughs) So if you guys don't remember, a couple of years ago, and offer sheets, I don't know why offer sheets are, are like, you never see them in the NHL. And and I think this is why. Like, this is really why you don't see them. So the Carolina, or the Montreal Canadiens, offer sheeted Sebastian Ajo a couple of years ago. And it was like $8.4 million or something like that. But it was just under the threshold where they only had to give up two first-round picks. Um but you know what? It was like a a, a legitimate offer. Uh, it was a, a good price, and it was for term. So it was actually like a decent offer, but they weren't sure if Carolina, who was under new management, who uh, had recently lost a lot of money in an in, in XFL investment or in a... Uh, now, what was the other one that he was in? UAAAF, something like that, American Alliance Football, like he was a part of, maybe been a part of XFL somehow, but... Anyways, one of those football leagues that failed, uh, he he was a part of and lost a bunch of money. Then also they're saying that they're an internal cap team. So with all this in mind, remember Bergevin said, I'm going to offer sheet Sebastian Ajo. And uh, granted, Ajo clearly wanted to also go to Montreal for that price if, if he accepted. So anyways, they offer him 8.4 and change. He accepts it. And then the Carolina Hurricanes, make no mistake about it, they match it. But the difference here between Ajo and Kakaniemi's is that Ajo's was actually like a good deal. Like it actually was a great deal. And now like you're looking at it, um, that ultimately like helped Carolina set a foundation for what their contracts are going to look like. Can't say the same about this one though. Like, Carolina is is really put Montreal in a pickle. So it's a one-year, 6.100035 million. And why would you say, what's the point of the extra 35 bucks? Well, let me tell you. Sebastian Ajo is number 20. Isperi Kakaniemi is number 15. You add 20 plus 15, it equals 35. Did I also mention what the signing bonus was? A signing bonus of $20. $20. That was a signing bonus for Esperi Kakademi. $20. The same number as Sebastian Ajo. And Twitter, uh, Hurricanes Twitter, like, was all over it. Like, they went wild on this one. They had a field day just trolling the Maple Leafs. They changed their, their, uh, their settings to French. They put like a gif of a, an uno reversal 
Remember the card game Uno with the reverse? They did that. They um, screenshotted the, the the $20 signing bonus and put that as a, a sent it, tweeted it out as a photo and said, like, people don't forget. Like, Kane's Twitter just trolling Montreal hard over this one. And, like, everything down to the 00035, the uh, $20 signing bonus, and the fact that it's just, like, the Hurricanes getting back at Montreal. Like, everything about this is just so petty. So petty. It's it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I think this is a, this is a reason why we don't see offer sheets. Because if you offer sheet somebody, you now have a target on your back that at some point, that team that you offer sheeted is going to get you back. I, like, that. that is the reason why we don't get offer sheets. We ask ourselves every year, why are GMs too scared to, to, to do offer sheets? Well, this is why. Because Mark Bergevin said a couple of years ago, nope, I don't care. I'm going to do it. I want this player. Let's see if, if if Carolina matches. We'll see. We'll put them put them to the test. New owner, you know, arguably a cap team. We'll put them to the test, see if they want to do it. And they front-loaded the bonus, too, if you recall. Um, but they did. You know, they, they matched it. They matched it. And then a couple years later, now the Hurricanes are getting their revenge on Mark Bergevin. So, because of the the compensation, the six point one zero 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 three five, uh, the compensation to for that offer sheet, Montreal would get a first round pick and a third round pick if they were to decline uh, this contract. So first and a third round pick. And odds are, Carolina, they're a good team. They're a really good team. I mean, this is going to be a back of the first round pick, like a late first round pick. So you got to think, Kakiniemi is, like, to them, worth a lot, right? Like, they took him third overall just a couple years back. So the Habs have a week to either match or decline the pick. What should they do? Like, what What should they do? Because Kakiniemi is not worth that. He is not worth 6.100035. flat, maybe, but that extra 35 bucks that might be a problem. Just saying. Uh, just kidding. But, like, he's he's not worth anywhere near that. I mean, let, let's just take a look at what Kakaniemi has done the last little bit. Like he's he's still young. I, uh, he is twenty one years old. Like he is still incredibly young. So it's not even like like he can turn into a terrific top six centerman in this league. He very well can. I think it's more likely that he becomes a top six center than than not. To be honest, but I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that. But anyways, um, he didn't have a, a a good year. Like he just he didn't like this season. He had 20 points through 56 games. Five goals. Five goals, that's it, through 56 games. Had eight points through the playoff series, uh, through the playoff run. And had a couple healthy scratches. They healthy scratched him in the Stanley Cup Final. Like, I, if you're Montreal, and you don't necessarily quite believe in this guy because to the point where you, you were scratching him, in the Stanley Cup final for the likes of like Jake Evans. Um Yeah, there's 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 some issues here, trust issues with Kakaniemi. And I'm sure it goes both ways. 
But listen, a guy who, between regular season and playoffs, in 75 games, had 28 points. 28 points in 75 games this year. That ain't worth $6.1 million. Not a chance in hell is that worth anywhere close to that. And the worst part is, because this is the contract that he's signing now, if you want to retain his rights next year as a, as a restricted free agent to retain his rights to, to qualify him, he's got to get qualified at this number. He's got to get qualified at 6.10035. What if he goes out there and he, he only, I mean, he maybe gets a little bit better and a, you know back to a full 82-game season? What if he gets you at 38 points? 38 points. Are you going to want to qualify that again? Now 22 years old, few years out of, of the draft. You know, are you going to qualify that? Can you? Like, what's the cap situation looking like for them? It's probably not great. In fact, they're a couple million dollars over if uh, once they, if they match this deal. They're going to have to get rid of some salary here. Now, granted, they, they technically... They have LTIR that they're probably going to end up using with, uh, they're going to put Shea Weber on IR. All, and um, Carey Price may not end up there, actually. Carey Price, I guess, uh, is feeling a lot better. Chalker. <laughs> so Carey Price may be ready to go by the start of camp. So he may not end up on IR. But Shea Weber is. He's not playing next year at all. So I guess you pick up some cap space, some cap relief there. But, I mean, even the Hurricanes, like, they're up right up against it if they end up signing him. So the cap situation is interesting on both sides. But, like, do you make, do you, like, if you're Montreal, I, I'm seriously considering not matching. Take your first and third round pick and do one of two things. Either use it as a weapon to go out and get other players to trade for other guys or kind of take a step back. I mean... I know you just went to the Stanley Cup final, but let's be honest. That that wasn't a good team. They went on a good run, but that wasn't a good team. Like, they were a, a, a fine team, but they weren't great. You know, they, they just got hot, hot at the right time. And sometimes that's all you need, right? That's why they say, you just got to get in. But, like, the foundation of this team is not strong. They just lost Philip Deneau, too, who really was, like, their big, shut down center who limited every team's top line and allowed Montreal to stay in games. You take that away, I I, I don't know where they're going to be next year. I pegged them as a team to, to take a step back and probably not even make the playoffs. So if that's the case, maybe you take this and you go into a little bit of a rebuild. You use those draft picks and replenish your prospect pool because right now i mean the only centerman that you have on this on this team really is nick suzuki and then you have kakaniemi but like his kakaniemi as he's shown us not really up for top six role quite yet like even last year when he was playing he was playing the bottom six play on the fourth line at times that's not worth 6.1 million if I were Montreal, 
I would legitimately decline this offer sheet, let him go to, to, to Carolina, take my first and third round picks, maybe make some other moves, pick up picks, and do a bit of a, a reboot. Then I also heard that there was the, well, so Eric Engels uh, tweeted out that Jack Eichel was en route to Montreal boarding a plane with hockey sticks. Then a report came out that, yeah, he's had to do a biosteel camp in Montreal. But it does make things interesting that now they're going to have a little bit of extra, extra capital to potentially swing a deal for Jack Eichel. They're one of the teams that were somewhat in it. I, I'm not, I'm not sure that the Buffalo Sabers would like to deal within the division, have to play against Eichel for the next decade. But that is something that I'm sure Mark Bergevin is thinking about, and why this wasn't matched immediately. I'm sure he's taking a look at those picks. He's saying, okay, well, what can we turn those picks into? Like, what what can we turn these into if we do decline? What can we get? I've heard uh, Christian Dvorak is a name that they like that they potentially might be interested in flipping this pick, one of these picks for the for, I think the late first is something that they're interested in doing. That I obviously Eichel would be the better pick, but I just don't know. I just don't see it. So they're gonna have to really think long and hard about this because this isn't a slam dunk. Because that's a lot of money for a guy who has not put up a lot of production. I mean, the last, was it 24 games? Yeah, the last 24 games of the season this year, heading into the playoffs, zero goals. Zero goals, just four assists. In 24 games, had just 34 shots. Average less than 15 minutes of ice time. Like, that's not a guy who you're going to pay $6 million for. It's really like a lose-lose for Montreal. It, It really is. And that's why it's such a troll job. Like, for Montreal, if you accept this offer and you match it, Okay, you keep you keep your draft pick. The guy who you took third overall, you put some time, some money, some energy, some resources into drafting and developing him. And you think, I mean, they think that he's going to turn into a, a pretty good top six centerman. That, that is the thought process there, and those are tough to find. But at $6.1 million, right now in a flat cap world, Knowing that a year from now, because it was only a one-year deal too, a year from now, you're also going to have to qualify him. That's the other thing too. I wonder if conversations are now being had about a multi-year deal starting next year between Bergevin, because he's got seven days to match it, right? So between these seven days, I think he's he's doing two things. One, talking to Kakadiemi's camp and saying, okay, if we accept this and then work out a long-term extension, what's the AAV look like there? Because there's no way that we're paying 6.1 beyond this year. It's just not happening. So I think that conversation is happening along with the conversation with other GMs about other players on other teams and what that first-round pick could get them, that they get for Kakaniemi. 
I think those conversations are happening over the course of the week and why we haven't seen uh, an accepted or rejected offer yet on Kakaniemi. Because this Bastion Ajo offer, that thing was accepted right away. That was matched right away. They're like, no, we're, we're going to match that. Like, don't worry about it. Like, yeah, we saw it. It's matched. Like, ink's drying in the back. Yeah, we're fine. Not the same with Kakaniemi. Because he's not worth the money that Caroline has given him. So as much as a troll this is for Montreal, like it's just it's a, they're in a lose lose situation. Like they're either gonna lose their prospect, or they're going to overpay to keep him, which could definitely hurt their cap structure. So it's a, it's a lose 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 lose, and 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 Carolina's just sitting there, chuckling, just chuckling, and the Hurricanes. You know, like, they're a good team. I, I don't think that they're going to be so upset about losing this first-round pick. If they take him under their wing this year and decide to not qualify him next season, like, that's that's a possibility, right? They could trade him also to another team. That's another possibility that, that they could do. So for the Hurricanes, like, best troll job and they're in a pretty good spot. Pretty good spot. And there's, I mean, odds are Carolina and Dom Waddell already know exactly what Kakaniemi is going to want in terms of a long-term deal. Like, they're, they're, odds are that's that's been discussed already as they were discussing this uh, offer sheet. Said, okay, well, we'll give you the offer sheet, but 6.1 next year is not going to do it for us. So, like, what are you looking for? on an annual basis, on a, on a longer-term deal, an extension that we could sign afterward. And put it kind of in the top drawer. I guarantee you that conversation's also been had in Carolina. Interesting stuff, guys. Interesting stuff. I, <laughs> You know, it's funny. Like I said, we always say, why don't we see offer sheets? There's all these solid young talent out there that you can go and get. Of course, you know, a guy like Austin Matthews is worth four first-round picks. Why wouldn't you give it up? Of course, a guy like Quinn Hughes is worth a couple first-round picks or a first and a third. Why wouldn't you go and try and offer sheet him? Well, this is why. Because eventually, your young star talent also hits the RFA market. And good luck to you. Because just like Dom Waddell and the Hurricanes, people don't forget. And they'll make you pay and have to pay up to keep your guy. All right. Um, so obviously I'll keep you updated, I guess, when we get news of whether or not Montreal is going to accept, um, going to match or decline this offer. I think they should decline. That is my my official stance. And I'm going to stick to it, but we'll see what they end up doing. We will see. Um, okay. Real quickly, I guess, before uh, before we get out of here, just want to congratulate the Canadian women's national hockey team. Perfect record so far at the World Championships. Um, bested Germany. I think it was 7-0 the other night to reach the semifinals. Yeah, so uh, they got a semifinal game tonight, if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, against Switzerland, and they previously beat them 5-0 in, uh, in preliminary play. So... I'm expecting a W, and I'm expecting Canada to go and, and play for gold 
and that's the expectation there. Maybe after, if they end up winning gold, I'll I'll, I'll try and see if I can get a member of the national team on the podcast, and they could chat a little bit about it. If not, I certainly know there's a, a couple of beat reporters that have been covering it that would love to, to come on here and join and talk about the tournament as well. Um, but just want to congratulate them so far and say good luck, ladies, in, uh, in, in the game tonight and then hopefully as well tomorrow night as well. So uh, that will do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily leaves content starting up again in mid-September. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leaves. I'll be back with another episode later in the week. But until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leaves.